church. Amen. Amen. Isaiah 61 and verse 1 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Amen. We let you be seated. Amen. There's, you know, certain times that a preacher's a little more hard-headed than others, you know, you try to find things to go a different route or a different place, but, amen, you, you learn that you have to go where he wants you to go, and, and this morning, that's, that's what we're doing, that's what we try to do every time, but sometimes we're a little bit more hard-headed getting there, but the, the Lord just began to put this upon my heart yesterday, and as I said, I tried to go a different route because I've been kind of on this subject for a little bit, and but I'd like to speak to you on the garments of praise. The garments of praise. Amen. I don't know what's going on with the sound this morning, but it's trying to act up. But we're just going to keep on pushing. Amen. We don't have to have sound to have church anyway. Amen. All we need is Him. I want you to turn to 1 Samuel 30 and verse 1. And as you turn, and I just want to look at this. And of course, we're going to major on the garment of praise, but... There's something there that you have to, to put away to put on the garment of praise. And it's the spirit of heaviness. And, and the spirit of heaviness in this is a lot of things in this. Heaviness, it's a depression, it's anxiety, it's 
fear and heaviness is feeling dull. It's a despondent and it's weighed down. But I want you to know, understand that this is more than just a feeling. This is a spirit that is trying to attack you. It's a spirit that's trying to hover on you. It's a spirit that's trying to keep your head down. It's trying to keep you weighed down so that you can't see what is really around you. Amen. And, and, and you know, with that, with heaviness, you know, comes isolation. You know, we don't want to be around anybody. We don't want to talk to anybody. We don't want to see anybody. And, and of course, the devil knows if he can get you off somewhere by yourself somewhere, then he, you know, he, he can tear you apart. But Satan loves in that moment to attack the mind with worry and with fear. Uh, you know, we can't get a hold of the kids on the cell phone. You know, we live in a time where we're used to being at the moment's notice, call somebody and they're supposed to answer, you know, uh, you know, they, we, we just, you know, they got to answer. And when they don't answer, you know, especially if you're calling your kids and next thing you know, you've run through every extreme situation you can think of. And, and the worst thing that can ever happen, the worst case scenario that's, you know, they've been in a wreck, they've got this, they're dead. They're dead. I mean, you know, we can't get a hold of them. What is it? Satan trying to bring a spirit of heaviness over you and, and to bring worry and to bring fear and you know you, they're not where they're you go out to check the kids in the yard and they're not where they're supposed to be and what happens it just immediately something strikes your heart and, and you know Satan is there trying to put tormenting thoughts upon you trying to freeze you trying to doubt you and, and when he's got you in that you notice in that scripture he says that they may be called the trees of righteousness the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified but when the spirit of heaviness is upon you, God can't be glorified. Amen. You're glorifying worry. You're glorifying fear. You're making it greater than your God. Amen. Amen. But God is greater than any of these things. And, 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 and you know, it's, it's amazing how God put, or how it's put in the scriptures here that, that the garment, or that praise is a garment. That praise is something like that you put on. It's a, it's a garment. Why, why would it be spoken of as a garment? Because it's just like the clothes you got on this morning. They was maybe hanging in your closet. Might have been laid on the floor. Might have been in a drawer somewhere. But you chose, I'm going to wear this and I'm going to put this and I'm going to wear this type of, of material or this color, whatever. You chose it, but you couldn't just choose it. You couldn't just say it looked pretty. You had to, there had to be an action. There had to be something take place. It was an action of you grabbing that and putting it on. And this is also speaking of an action. You know, when you get in the middle of your struggle, of your troubles or your struggles, amen, there has to be an action. There has to be a, a choice. Am I going to glorify my fear or am I going to put on the garment of praise? Amen. So I want to look here at 1 Samuel 30 as we begin to look at this. And here David had come back from a battle and he'd come to Ziglag. And the Malachites had come in while he was gone and invaded amen, his camp and had smitten the, the town and burned it with fire. Not only that, but they took the, all their women captives and all their children, both small and great, and carried them away and went on their way. And David and his men come to the city and behold, it was burned with fire. And their wives, their sons, their daughters, everything one was taken captive and David and the people that were with him lifted up their voices and wept until there was no more power to weep. This is a real spirit of heaviness. 
Amen. Begin to settle upon them. And here David's two wives are taken. And the Bible says in verse 6, it says, David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of, spake of stone in him because of the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Amen. David encouraged himself. I believe that's a wonderful thing if we can ever come to that point in our lives that we get under a great stress or we get under a great worry that we don't turn to those things and go deeper into that, but we turn towards our God. We turn away from our problems and our situations and we turn towards our God. Amen. You know, many are becoming discouraged, but today we need to be encouraged. Amen. Many are becoming discouraged because we're here longer than we thought we would or we're, we're, you know, in a greater battle than we thought we could ever be in or we're in worse situations in our lives or our home's in a worse shape or things are going on the way that we didn't plan for them to go on. But this is not the time to be discouraged or distressed. You need to encourage yourself in the Lord. Amen. That God is able, yet more than able, no matter where you're at in your life, no matter what's happening, God is able. You might be a young person here and you become so discouraged and and seems like no one loves you and no one cares, but I want you to know God cares. Amen. You know, trials come. We, We are never promised to be immune from them. We're never promised to be immune from losing something that we love. We're, we're not, not promised to be immune from situations. Amen. But if the mountain, you know, we get to is too high or, or there's too deep or too wide, God will give you the grace to go through it. Amen. That's just, but just don't worry. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Amen. You know, see, it's when you're discouraged, that's when the devil tries to really pour it on you. Oh, yeah. He tries to pour it on you. He tries to make it like you're the only one. You know, you're the only one that's having issues and situations. You're you're the only one that's found yourself in the situation you're in. Nobody's ever been as bad as you've been. Nobody's ever been tested exactly as hard as you've been tested. That's what the devil tries to tell you. Amen. He tries to tell you that there's no way out of it. There's no help for you from God. There's no situation that that, that, that there's no answer. But let me tell you, there is an answer. You know, many times we have, we have questions in our lives and, and we don't know how to answer them and we don't know where to turn to. And many, many questions sometimes, and there are questions sometimes that don't have answers. Amen. You, you can beat your head against the wall and you'll never come up with the answer. Amen. There's questions that won't be answered till we get on the other side. Amen. But there is an answer to every question. And that's Jesus. There's an answer to every problem. That's Jesus. There's an answer to every fear. That's Jesus. There's an answer to every anxiety. That's Jesus. There's an answer to every problem. That's Jesus. You say, well, I, you know, I come to church, but I don't know. I, I, I just don't know. It, nothing seems to be getting any better. You know, but you got to, I might as well get home, but you go home. But you see, you need to cast that thing aside. Amen. Cast it aside. See, God don't want you to be frowning. God wants us to be happy. 
Amen. God, the human heart was made to be happy. Worry will cause cancer. Temper will cause cancer. Don't be upset. Just walk with Jesus. Knowing that no matter where you're walking to, he will have the answer to every problem you face. Amen. See, don't be upset. There, there's neither power. There's nothing present. There's nothing in the future. There's nothing to come that will keep you or separate you from him. Walk with Jesus. It's his business to take care of you. Oh, glory to God. It's his business to take care of you. Let me tell you something, mothers. He'll take care of your children when you can't take care of them. Amen. He'll watch over them when you can't take care. You can't watch over them. Listen, he said his eyes upon the sparrow. Do you know how a sparrow, you know, you, you can see a sparrow and not even think about it. And it's just a little bird, maybe not even very pretty. Just a little bird. Some, some people call him a pest. You know, they get into birdhouses that you tried to make for other birds and they lay their eggs and things and they do and they try to take over. Amen. But God said, my eyes upon every sparrow. And if his eyes upon a little bitty bird, don't you think his eyes upon you this morning? Don't you think his eyes upon your children this morning? Don't you think his eyes upon your situation this morning? If God could think so much about a little bitty bird how much more does he think about you who he gave his life for he takes care of us who's got more power than God well I I, I just need to make sure you know I need to you know we put our eyes above God well, I, I, I need to make sure this is all right. You know, we worry and all fretting and all tore up. And God is, that's not, God is saying, hey, trust me. I got this. Amen. Listen, we're talking about a power that can take care of you this morning. We're talking about a power, amen, that created the universe that you're in. A power that said, let there be light, and it was so. A power that said, let a sun hang there and the earth hang there. And he knew exact distances for life to be able to bring forth. He knew exact distances stars had to be. He knew it all. And you mean to tell me a God that can do all that can't take care of you? You mean a God who could do all of that, arrange all of those things, can't take care of your sons and your daughters? Amen. See, God is a, is a power that hooked, that, that made every star stand in his place. That's the kind of God we have. Amen. And God has come, amen, to, to show you that I have it in my control if you will let me have it in my control. See, we get tested. We get, we go through things in our lives and we're tested. How are we going to react? What are we going to do? What, you know, David got a test. Here, here he come back from a victory, from a battle. And he finds his whole city destroyed and all of his family gone and uh, children gone and possessions gone. Everything gone. Their wives and children carried off by the Amalekites. Discouraged? That's probably not a big enough word to describe David. 
Discouraged, that's probably not a big enough word to, to describe the state of their morale. The Bible, as we read, said they wept bitter tears until they simply had no more power to weep. For David, it was even worse. He was their leader. His men were now talking about, they were so consumed with their grief that they were talking about stoning him. He was in distress. He, he, he was, uh, you know, they was wanting to destroy him completely. And David would have been destroyed. Except for this. David encouraged himself in the Lord. He had a decision to make. This required a definite decision in David's heart. Will he go deeper into his depression and worry more and allow it to make him more helpless and to come to, to and, and to get to, you know, to, to deeper depths of anxiety and fear? Or will he turn his he- eyes to the hills which cometh his help? David, though he did not choose to go deeper into discouragement, he chose encouragement. But not only to be encouraged, for there was no one around who could or would for him, but he encouraged himself. Oh, yeah. But the most important thing was he encouraged himself, but he didn't encourage himself in himself. (laughs) Rather, the scripture says he encouraged himself in the Lord his God. You see, this was just about David, for David had a, this was not just about David, for David had a covenant with God. And that made the whole thing David was going through God's business. How many's got a covenant with God this morning? Then everything you're going through is also God's business. Everything you're facing this morning is also God's business. Maybe a young person here and say, well, I don't have such a covenant. Oh, you do too. Amen. There was a blood that was placed over your life. A token that was applied. And it was there saying, let the death angel pass. You know, I was in a place one time ministering and, 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 and it was actually through a woman interpreter. That's all they had. And God had placed a subject on my life, taught me a very important lesson during that time, but placed a little subject on my life on let my people go. And, and as I was driving to the place there in Poland, and I began to write scriptures down, I didn't have no time to study, we was on our way, begin to write scriptures down, and, and I began to preach, and I began to just call upon God to let, amen, to, to, you know, to, as I began to, work, I began to preach there, and I began to say, let my people go. And I got on the spirit of suicide. It's a very prevalent spirit in the age that we're living in. Amen. Suicide is the most selfish devil there ever was. Suicide, the reason why you begin to think about suicide is because you pull yourself inward. It's all about myself and me and you forget about everybody else. And people who commit suicide, they leave such grief behind. They leave families shattered. They leave all kinds of things. But let me tell you, there's a God greater than the spirit of suicide. There's a God greater than the, than the demon that's trying to take a life. Amen. I began to preach that. And before I know it, my interpreter quit. She, she began to cry. and She couldn't say nothing no more. And a spirit of worship broke over the place. And we began to pray for the needs. And after the service, she came to me. And she said, Brother Timothy, you had to come because just this week, I tried to take my life. But something stopped me. But now, I have been delivered from that thing. 
Hallelujah. He's still the same God this morning. We think because we're in the message, people don't go through those suicide thoughts. Yes, they do. It's a prevalent spirit in this age. Amen. It goes through every home. It goes through every young person. There's thoughts that they battle in their life. But there's a God that's greater. There's a God who's able to pull that thing away and pull the scales off their eyes and show them you are a son. You are a daughter of God. Discouragement does not come from the Lord. It comes from our adversary, the devil. See, after encouraging himself, David was made, after encouraging himself, David was able then to move to the solution. You never get to the solution unless you get to the encouragement first. Because otherwise you you wall around in your, your grief and your, Oh, poor me and the pity and the self-pity and all that stuff. And you never get to the solution because you're so caught up in that spirit of heaviness. You'll never get to, to the solution of your problem unless you get, begin to get your focus off your problem and get it on God. This is why David encouraged himself because the Lord was the source of his solution. Not the source of his problem. Anxiety, worry, fret, and discouragement indicates that we're walking by sight and not by faith. I guess I had to read that one again. Anxiety, worry, fretting, discouragement indicates that we're walking by sight, by our flesh. Amen. By what we see with these two eyes and not by faith. Paul said we are to walk by faith and not by sight. That was to be the source of stability and strength. Excuse me. When we walk by faith, we we are putting our confidence in the Lord and his promises. But when we walk by sight and we're trusting in our senses and we're trusting in our feelings and we're trusting in our own understanding, we fall prey to the deceptions of the devil. Give me some tissue, please. When we find ourselves discouraged, we find out where we really place our trust. The answer is is to put our trust in the Lord. Paul said faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So when discouragement comes, you'll find out that you have been walking by sight instead of by faith. And when you see that, what do you do? You need to turn yourself back to the scriptures. Today, the stories of of David, of Goliath, and the bear, and the lion, and and the stories of Joshua and Caleb are now scriptures. We can read them. David didn't maybe have those scriptures to be able to go back to. I don't know. But he he had those stories. He had those things. And that's what David encouraged himself in. He began to turn himself away from the fires that was around him. Thank you, brother. And, And the things that was going on. I'm sorry. He began to turn himself away from the things that was around him, what he could see with his eyes. That's hard to do sometimes. Because those things around us seem so real, and they are real. We can't, you know, the things that we're going in this world that we're living in is not a fake world. It's a reality. 
but there is a greater reality. And I'm not trying to say the things that you're going through is fake and there's nothing to it. They're, these things are real. Listen, people who commit suicide don't do it because they're in a, in, a, you know, in a bunch of fake stuff. No, they're going through something very real. It may seem foolish to you and foolish to me, but to them it's a real thing. Amen. And, and David finds himself in this situation. And, and he, but what did he do? He turned himself back to the God who helped him overcome the lion. Right. He was there when he overcame the bear. And he was there when he fought Goliath. Right. And he began to encourage himself. And, and he began to think about these things. And no doubt, David, a song began to well up in his heart. Because David was a songwriter. No doubt he began to praise God and, and give God praise for what he had done for him. Knowing the same God who had done it is the same God who can do it. God wants you to be encouraged. So if that's the case, he has to give you the means by which you can encourage yourself. Recognize first, you don't have to stay in the place you're at. If you're discouraged this morning and you're down and depressed and anxiety, you don't have to stay there. As we've heard, you know, be like a bird that flies over your head, but you don't have to let it nest there. Build a big old wad up here in your hair. No, it it can move on. Amen. There's going to be time we're not ever going to not be discouraged ever. I mean, we're going to go through times of, of discouragement. But you don't have to remain there and waller in it and live there month after month and year after year. You can put on the garment of praise. Jesus Christ is your Lord and you're giving yourself to him. You're in covenant with him. And he's committed himself to take care of you in every situation. So when the, when the circumstances of life pressed into David, and David began to feel pressed and greatly distressed, it seemed like it was coming on every side. David, what did he do? He pressed into his benefits. Amen. He, he outlined them in Psalms 103. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. What an outline. Amen. There ought to be a little twinge of happiness start taking place in your heart. When you realize what God has done for you. He's forgiven me. He's healed me. He's redeemed me. He's crowned me. He's crowned me with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies me. And he renews me. So we got to stop giving voice to our discouragement and start giving voice to our encouragement. Stop repeating the lies of the devil and start speaking the promises of God. Stop speaking out of fear and start speaking in faith. Stop talking about the problems and start talking about your God. Find out what the word of God has to say about your situation and then start speaking the word of God. Away with your feelings. Meditate on the Lord. It's not about us, it's about him. When you start talking about your feelings, you're meditating on yourself. 
Oh, yeah. Self-pity, self-fear, fears, and down, discouragement, this and that. We're meditating on ourselves, and you're going to get deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Let your meditation be about the Lord, about His love, His word, His promises, His goodness, what He's done for you. And when that happens, you'll be able to cast your cares upon Him with a confidence that He cares about you. Hallelujah. Psalms 94, 19, as we begin to meditate on the Word for a moment. You mind meditating on the Word this morning? In the multitude of my thoughts within me, thy comforts delight my soul. Oh, we got all kinds of thoughts. Multitudes of thoughts. Even sitting here this morning, you had all kinds. Since I've been preaching, you had all kinds of thoughts. Well, he just don't know what I'm going through. No, I don't, but God does. Brother Timothy, he must be happy all the time. Well, he's preaching, he's happy. No, I ain't happy all the time. I have these thoughts too. But I find comforts in him. My comfort comes from him and it delights my soul. 119.28 says, my soul melteth for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according to thy word. Hallelujah. Amen. 119.28. My soul melteth for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according. Not to my thoughts. I'll never get strong by thinking on myself. I'll never get strong on thinking how good I am or how great this is or what a wonderful day it is. You only gain strength from the word of God. Proverbs 12 and verse 25 says heaviness or this word actually means anxiety in the heart of man maketh it stoop. But a good word maketh it glad. Oh, maybe you walked in this morning all stooped down, but I got some good words for you this morning. You would, ah, I ain't going to make it. I got a good word for you this morning. You've already made it. Hallelujah. I don't feel so well. I don't, I'm sick in body. I got a good word for you. He heals all that disease. I'm just so discouraged about my children. I don't know what to do anymore, brother. I got a good word for you. The promise is unto you. The promise is unto you and your children. Hallelujah. First Peter 5 says, We have thought, O God, on your loving kindness in the midst of your temple. Oh, we can do that this morning. Brother Brandon said, if we could have this one thought, God is God. He said, there wouldn't be another sick person here. Wouldn't be another bound person here. Psalms 48, 9, we're going to go through them this morning, giving you some good words. I will sing of your power. This is amplified, I believe. I don't know. I will sing of your power. Yes, I will sing aloud of your mercy in the morning. For you have been my defense. Oh, my goodness. And refuge in the day of my trouble. I'm not going to sing of my misery. I'm not going to sing of my discouragement. I'm not going to sing of how down I am and how beat I am and how worried I am and how fearful I am. I'm going to sing of your power. And he is 
a powerful God. He is a mighty God. Psalms 59, 16 says, I call to remembrance my song in the night. Okay, so if you're discouraged in the night, and the devil loves to come during the night. Remember your song this morning. I meditate within my heart, and my spirit makes diligent search. Searching for the things of God. I'm casting down all these imaginations. I'm thinking on the things of God. Psalm 77, 6, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will also meditate on all your work and talk of your deeds. Mercy, 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 mercy. Listen, if you want to be down about things, all you got to do is think about what God's been doing about us or with us, around us, in our midst. You know, a good, good answer to your discouragement is go back and watch that video when the Spirit of the Lord fell upon my heart. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, your little Methodist foot began to tap. You begin to sway, you begin to move. Why? Because it, it's, it's something moving in a different realm. It's encouragement. Psalm 77, 11. May I, my meditation be sweet to him. Another Psalms talks about, we, we say that he dwells in the, inhabits the praises of his people. He said, I think, I believe it says he inhabits the praises of Israel, but we're spiritual Israel this morning. So that's where we get that from. He inhabits the praises of his people because we are his people. Any, any, any of God's people here this morning? Amen. All right. Amen. So he says, may my meditation be sweet to him. God don't want your foul odor coming up. How bad things are and how, how down you are. And, you know, before we know it, you know, it's one thing to get down, but it's another thing to stay down. It's, another, it's one thing to have a moment in your life to where you just kind of hit and you don't know what to do and it hurts and you're just like, Lord, where do I go? But don't stay there. Turn back to what He's done for you. Turn back to what He's doing for you. Let your meditation, what you're meditating on, what you're thinking about, be sweet to Him. I will be glad in the Lord. Psalms 104 says, I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Hallelujah. Psalms 119 says, oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all day. Oh, yeah. Psalms 119, 97 says, my eyes are awake through the night watches that I may meditate on your word. That's a different reason for being awake, ain't it? Usually we're awake because we had a bad dream and we're trying to put it all together. Or we're awake because of things we got to do tomorrow or things that happened yesterday. But he said, I'm awake because I'm meditating on you. I'm thinking about you, Lord. Psalms 119, 148 says, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all your works. 
I muse or I meditate on the works of your hands. Psalms 143 says, I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. 145.5 says, get in the presence of the Lord. In other words, give thanks unto the Lord. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. If you want into his gates, have thanksgiving into your heart. Have praise in your heart. It requires a decision. I will give thanks. I will praise the Lord our God. Nehemiah said the joy of the Lord is your strength. David said to the Lord, in your presence, there's fullness of joy. When we get in the presence of the Lord, we find all the strength we need and the encouragement for every circumstance. It only takes one moment in his presence. Amen. And we, we, we're there standing, as we've heard already, as I've been with through them, the armor of God. Putting on the whole armor of God. We have the truth of God's word. The righteousness of Christ. The gospel of peace. Amen. That works on our behalf. We have the helmet of salvation. It's a healing. It's salvation. It's deliverance. It's preservation. Perse- it's to guide you. To direct your thoughts. We have the shield to quench the fiery darts. Make no mistake. Discouragement is most certainly one of the devil's fiery darts. We have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. This is an offensive weapon, amen, that silences the voice of discouragement. Oh, yeah. Discouragement will tell you there's nothing going for you. Discouragement will tell you everything is against you. Encouragement tells you that you have a God going for you. It'll tell you no matter what you're going against, there's God. God is on your side, and he's providing for every need. He's provided for every need, and he'll answer every problem you might have. You want to win a battle? Worship the Lord. Trust in him. Trust his word. Don't trust your own strength and your own abilities. We We don't have nothing. Here are some scriptures. Again, David would cry out in Psalms 118. He says, out of my distress, I called upon the Lord. And the Lord answered me, and he set me free. Hallelujah. In a large place, the Lord is on my side. The devil's trying to tell you the Lord's against you, but the Bible says the Lord's on your side. The devil's trying to tell you there's no use for you. That nobody cares, but the Lord is on your side. I will not fear. He says again in Psalms 56, he said, Then shall my enemies turn my back in the day I cry out. This I know, for God is for me. Boy, that's encouraging right there. I know my enemy's going to turn. Whatever. You get up on a Monday morning, sometimes it seems, you know, however, however it ends up like that, Monday seems to be a bad day. I think it's already because we're already thinking that way. Oh, it's Monday, and you know, I got to get up, got to go to work. And then all of a sudden, yep, it's Monday. Look, it fell apart. It's my, listen, it's liable to fall apart any day, and it does. 
But no matter what enemy you face, no matter what you go through, amen, God will turn their backs from you. He said, the enemy will turn back in the day that I cry out. So I ask a question, if the enemy is still standing before you, have you cried out yet? Have you begun to say, let me put on a garment of praise. Whose word I praise in the Lord, whose word I praise. In God have I put my trust and confidence, my reliance. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Romans 8, 31 says, What then shall we say to all of this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Or who can be our foe if God is on our side? The Lord is my rock. Psalms 18, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength in whom I trust. My buckler and horn of my salvation. My high tower. I will call upon the Lord who's worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Did you catch that? I will call upon the Lord who's worthy to be praised. So we know he's worthy to be praised. I will call upon the Lord and in doing so, so shall I be saved. God's many times is just waiting for you to call on him. Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Let's turn to Psalms 27, verse 1. This is the rapture text. I may have a different version here than up there, but just read with me. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Let's, let's read that together as a congregation this morning. Can we do that? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foe, they stumbled and fell. Oh, yeah. This is the rapture text. This is where we're at. When the enemy is coming against you, don't worry. He's going to stumble and fall. When the enemy is trying to overtake you, don't worry. He's got a trap set for him. Amen. God has laid a trap. Just exactly he did for the children at the Red Sea. It was a trap. Oh, yeah, the, day, the enemy didn't see it as a trap. He thought, oh, yeah, I've trapped them. They're trapped to the red. But he just didn't realize who was trapped. Dumb old devil. It's amazing to me, too, that when he pulls up behind them and he's ready to go take their lives, all of a sudden this ball of fire moves from the front and moves in between them. To me, that's the time to be dismissed. I'm not fighting a normal person here. There's something, you know, you'd think he'd had this in his head already, all the things he had seen. 
You'd think the devil know by now he's losing. You'd think the devil know by 2018 he's lost. What is it? God has set a trap for him. And he invited them all down into this dimension. Why? Because this old place is about to catch on fire. Yes, sir. Yeah. But I ain't going to be here. Hallelujah. They stumbled and fell, though an army may encamp against me. My heart shall not fear. The war may rise against me. In this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple, for in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle he shall hide me. He shall set me on high upon a rock, and now my head shall be lifted up. Above my enemies. Not lifted up to see my enemies. Be lifted up above my enemies. What's up there? Why there's more for us than there is against us. God opened this boy's eyes. And the boy looked and there was angels of fire. And chariots of fire all around them. Now notice, that didn't take the Syrians away. They were still there. But at that moment, it didn't matter how many Syrians were there. There was more for them than there was against them. And I'm here to tell you, young person, there's more for you than there's against you. Therefore, I'll offer sacrifices of what? Oh, I don't feel joyful. Well, duh. Didn't say you felt it. It's a sacrifice. Listen. As I've said it before, we don't always feel like coming to church. Let me let you in on something. A preacher don't always feel like preaching. There's something within them. Says I got to deliver it. It's from the Lord. Just other day, a friend of mine, a minister, pastor, brother, came on my heart, and I just sent him a text. I said, "Buddy, I don't know what's going on. It was Sunday morning, I believe it was Sunday morning or Wednesday night, one of the two, right before service. I "I don't know what's going on, but you came on my heart. Just want you to know that I love you, and I'm praying for you, and it's going to be all right." He sent me back and he said, man, see, I've been sitting here so nervous for the things i got to preach and so tore up. So I'm I just crying out to God. I said, well, God heard you. He said it's going to be all right. <laughs> oh, my. You don't think God hears you cry? Sure he does. Brother Kenneth, don't God hear you cry? We've heard the testimony of my dad being in a barn and Brother Kenneth being at his home there, what, 30, 40 miles away, and got up to fix himself a glass of iced tea and just said, Lord, I love you, but I just want to hear from you. You know, I know you've done so much for me, but I just want to hear that you love me. I, I want to know that you love me. My dad, at that time, we had goats, and he's out there feeding and watering goats and milking goats. And 
All of a sudden, there's something come over and said, call Kenneth and tell him I love him. I thought, wow, what was that? You know, so he said, well, that sure wasn't a devil. <laughs> so he picked up the phone, walked out. There wasn't no, there's no signal in the barn. So he grabbed his cell phone, walked outside and dialed his number. About that time, Brother Kenneth had made it back over there, you know, to his seat because he's on, on the walker going around. Made it back to his little chair there where he reads his Bible and prays and listens to the tapes. Sat down, the phone rings. Picks it up. Says, hello. He says, Brother Kenneth, this is Brother Tim. I don't know what this is about, but I just want you to know God told me to tell you that he loves you. Do you hear the phone ringing this morning? He's ringing at your pew this morning. Will you pick it up and say hello? This is God talking to you. And he wants you to know he loves you. He cares for you. He understands what you're going through. Will you pick it up? The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him. And therefore I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoices, And with my song I will praise him. We know what greatly rejoice means. The Lord is their strength. He is the saving refuge of his anointed. Hallelujah. He is the saving refuge of his anointed. But the Lord is my defense. My God is the rock of my refuge. The Lord is my strength. He has become my salvation. He's the voice of rejoicing and salvation in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does violently. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does violently. I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. The Lord is my portion. Says my soul. Therefore I have hope in him. The Lord is good for those who wait for him. To the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should hope and wait quietly. For the salvation of the Lord. Let your conduct be without covenants. Be content with several things you have. For for he himself has said. I will never leave you. Or forsake you. So that we may boldly say. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. Maybe you're coming this morning weeping, crying, down and discouraged. Sometimes we get discouraged. Fear tries to overtake us. Sometimes we don't know where to turn to. Sometimes we don't know where to go. The only place you can go is to the Lord. Take it to the Lord. The song says, take your burdens to the Lord. But it don't end there. It says, leave it there. This morning, you may come discouraged. I say go rejoicing. Leave rejoicing. You may come with your head down. I say go out with your head up. You may come down with defeats. Come in here with defeated. Just feel so defeated. Go out victorious. 
Pick the phone up this morning. Listen to him. Hang up on the devil. It's time, some of, it's time for some of you to hang up on the devil. You know what? We got this thing, you know, called telemarketing. Most aggravating thing there ever was. Now they're using, you know, that devil's sly. He's real sly, you know what? He, he's now, they're now using your own phone numbers to call other people. I don't know if y'all figured that out yet, but I, you'll get my wife got a phone call the other day. Sorry, I missed a call from this number. She ain't called that number. Brother Philip was talking about it. He's getting phone calls from people saying, I missed a phone call from this number. He ain't called that number. It's the, de- the telemarketers. <laughs> that devil's sly. He'll come in and use somebody, somebody you thought to be a brother to say something, you know. Maybe they didn't mean it that way, but they said it and it hurt. And we get discouraged and we, we get down. Well, hey, how, how could a brother say that to me? I, I, that brother may not know what you was going through and didn't even mean it the way you took it. But you know, they got this little trick. You know, you got to listen to their whole spiel and then they get down to it and says, push nine to be on our do not call list. It don't work. It don't work. You can push nine, you can throw the phone on the floor. It don't work. Tomorrow they're calling right back. I have been called so many times in the last few days about aches and pains and neck braces and this. That. I said, I don't even have it. And I ain't taking it. Well, you, you, you put your name down a lot. I ain't putting my name there. You got the wrong man. I found the only solution for them is not push a number, but just hang up. Or don't answer. Amen. It's time that some of you quit answering the devil. You quit taking his phone call and you quit listening to him. You can push whatever button you want to. He's going to call back. It's time you put a thing down and you don't answer it. I am not that person. I didn't put my name there. I don't have depression. I don't have fear. I don't have none of that stuff. I don't need none of your self-help programs. I got the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I don't need none of what you have to offer. I don't need your pills. I don't need your uppers. I don't need your downers. I got the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to hold on to that. You might have come in here down. You need to leave with your head up. You say, you come in here, I'm a, I'm a child of the devil. I'm down, I'm defeated. You, need, you can leave here this morning with a pep in your step. You got a different phone call this morning. It's the joy bells of heaven that are ringing down in your soul. And you can greatly rejoice in the things of God. It's time that some of you hung up on that anxiety. Woo! Hey man, slam the phone down. Listen, I've tried to talk to them. You can't talk to them. You can't convince them that you don't want the stuff. Got a phone call one day from a guy. From he was obviously from somewhere in 
New Jersey, New, I, I can't even talk like them, but you know how they talk in New Jersey. Not even going to try. Said I went to a farm program, a farm show, and put my name down for some weed killer. And he had, and I thought, what? But just, you know, what was amazing was I actually had just been to one of my, about a month before that. It was a, the ag show there in, in Monroe they have every year. But I, I was, he was, boy, he's going on. And I got to, we got the best weed killer. We can do this and we can do that. And he'll, blah, 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 blah. And he didn't want, I can sell it to you for $400 for this. And after it's been, I, I, wait a minute. I said, hey, when, when did you say, where was it? Oh, he tried to make up something. I said, buddy, I ain't never been there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, got, you put your name down right there. I got it right here. Got your number. Got I said, you got my number from somewhere else. You didn't get it because I wasn't ever there. <laughs> I wasn't ever there. Well, I'll tell you what, would it interest you if I could sell it to you a little cheaper? I said, well, this whole conversation started out as a lie. So what makes you expect that I'm going to believe you now? And he said, well, I'll tell you what, we got off on the wrong foot. I said, that's the first right thing you said. Because you don't start with somebody with a lie. I wasn't there. And you need to tell that devil when he tries to conversate with you, it's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. The first thing he tells you is going to be a lie. That means the rest of it's a lie. Quit listening to what he has to say. In discernment line, Brother Brown, I'm talking about it here. He says, as you go off the platform, go rejoicing. Because why? The Holy Spirit is here. Well, if that works for that, he's here this morning. So when you leave here this morning, go rejoicing. You believe he's healed you, he says, of that heart trouble standing there? Just go rejoicing. Say, thank you, Lord. That's if you just believe. He didn't tell him you was healed. He didn't see the dark cloud leave. He just said, if you believe, go rejoicing. Do you believe he heals you of the female trouble? Well, just go rejoicing. Saying, praise the Lord. He heals me. And then he says, Lord, I pray that you'll heal them and make them well in Jesus' name. Just come now, you believe with all your heart, you know that I know what's wrong with you. Oh, Lord, I pray that you'll heal our sister. I lay my hands on her in the name of Jesus Christ. Now you go rejoicing and be happy. Well, that's easy. Well, I mean, if I felt good, I'd be happy. You know, that ain't what he told her. He said, go rejoicing and be happy. Now, brother, you believe he would do it? You believe he's all sufficient? In my name they shall cast out devils. Here's my hands. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. These signs shall follow the believer. Lord, you proved that that's what we believe this morning. So I pray for them in Jesus' name. Go happy. Go happy. You believe, sister? In the name of Jesus, I lay my hands on this sister. I am a believer. She's a believer. And these signs shall follow them. Let her be healed in Jesus' name. Go happy. 
Come, sister, believing with all your heart. As a believer, along with the great church of God here tonight, we're laying our hands upon the sick, and they shall recover. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. Our Heavenly Father, I lay my hands upon her and ask in the name of Jesus that you heal her and make her well. May she go and be healed in the Jesus' name. Amen. Just go happy now, rejoicing. It's all over. My Father... God, in the name of Jesus Christ, may our sister be healed now. I pray that through their all, your all-sufficient, amen, name of Lord Jesus Christ, go rejoicing, saying, thank you, Lord. He says, now what I don't get is why you don't rejoice and praise God when you're going through it. As you come through. That's what I can't understand, church. Don't you know that God is as just as much God as He's been God any other time? Amen. My goodness. Can we go ahead and just do a little shouting? Because that gives me great confidence that no matter what sickness is in this building, He's still just as much God. As when there was a little sister going right through here and that cancer left her body. No matter what situation you're facing, you say, well, my brother, my son and my daughter is out there. Well, you know what? He's just as much God as he was when he brought brother Jared into the house of God and cleansed him and filled him with the spirit of God. He's just as much God today as he's ever been. He's just, he has not changed. He has not lost one ounce of power. He has not lost one thing or one ability. He's just as much God. But you got to rejoice. You have to make a conscious effort when you come into the house of God. I'm putting off my bitterness. I'm putting off my selfishness. I'm taking off my pride. Oh, there's a lot of, a lot of pride. I'm taking off all this stuff, all this extra baggage. And I'm reaching up and I'm grabbing that garment of praise that he's provided. That word that never fails. Oh, oh my, that feels good. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're marvelous, Lord. You're wonderful, Father. You're a good, good God. You're a good, good Father. You're my everything. You're my all. You're my Savior. You're my Redeemer. You're my Satisfier. You're my Rose of Sharon. You're my bright morning star. I love you, Lord. I believe as a minister stood in the pulpit here, it was at our old church, on Labor Day, and begin to tell of how he was down one day. Going through some real trials, discouraged. He goes in and to a brother's business. Kind of had his head down. Hands in his pocket, walking in like this. And brother looked at him and said, what's wrong? He said, well... Such and such went wrong. This is, God, just, brother, I've been going through it. Brother didn't say nothing. He gets up, if I remember correctly, gets up, 
goes over to his door, locks it, puts the clothes aside. Turns around, he says, well, let's praise God. That ain't the words you really wanted to hear, was it? He said that wasn't the words he wanted to hear. He was in his moping. He was down. You know, he kind of went there so somebody else would know he was down. That's why we come to church the way we do sometimes. I want to sit over there, but he makes me sit over here. Sit down. Got the scowl on our face. Why? Because we want everybody to know we ain't happy. We want everybody to know we're going through something. He said that was his place and where he was at. He wanted that brother to know, hey, I'm going through something. But the brother wasn't interested in what he was going through. He went and locked the doors. Maybe we ought to lock the doors this morning. (laughs) That made some people real nervous right there. (laughs) He went and locked the door and put the clothes sign and said, all right, we're going to praise God. Because he said, I don't know what all you're going through, but he said, it really don't matter because I know God's greater than what you're going through. So instead of praising what you're going through, we're going to praise the God who's greater. He said, now lift your hands. He's talking to his pastor. He said, lift your hands. And he said, he lifted his hands and he said, now begin to talk about God and how great he is. He said, he began to speak the word of God. And before you knew it, that thing began to lift off of him. He said, before you know it, it was on the other, in another corner somewhere. Before you know it, it was out of the room. He said, they just had a long time of thanking God and praising God. And he said, that gloomy, dreary spirit left him. Hallelujah. It'll do the same thing for you this morning. Throw up your hands. Worship God. Turn to Acts 16. I'm going, to read it. I'm going to be reading it from the Amplified. This was in my notes last Wednesday. I didn't get to it. It could be a sermon in itself on the difference an atmosphere can make. We know the story of Paul and Silas. We went through it here just a few services ago. Of how they were beaten. You're talking about discouragement. They could have had discouragement. They come to, come into the, throw them into the innermost prison. Deepest part of the, of the dungeon. Locked them with shackles and locked the doors. Locked the indoors, outdoors, every door. But there was a greater God than the locks that held them. There was a greater God than the Roman soldiers that guarded them. But it took a spark to ignite something, to get a response from the supernatural. And it was Paul and Silas as they began to worship, and they began to praise, and they began to sing songs, and they began to rejoice. Because Paul said, we walk by faith and not by sight. Paul lived what he preached. 
And this response in verse 26 was suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the very foundations of the prison were shaken. And once all the doors were open and everyone's shackles was unfastened, when the jailer saw it, he was startled. When the jailer startled out of his sleep, saw the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was at the point of killing himself because he supposed that the prisoners escaped. But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself. We're all here. As I read that this morning, Something welled in me and said, Timothy, you need to say that to somebody that's in this audience. Don't harm yourself. We're all here. We're all here. Then the jailer called for the lights and rushed in, trembling, terrified. He fell before Paul and Silas and he broke them out of the dungeon and said, Men, what is it necessary for me to do that I may be saved? And they answered, believe in the Lord Jesus. Give yourself to Him. Listen to this. Take yourself out of your own keeping. Well, that's a hard thing for us to do sometimes. It's hard for us to take our children out of His keeping. We want control. and We got to be, we got to worry. We got to fret. When there's a bigger God. I understand there's a balance. You have to be a good mother. You have to be a good father. But there's also a good God. It says, take yourself out of your own keeping and entrust yourself to His keeping. Maybe that would be something you can do this morning. Lord, I've been trying to do things on my own. I've been trying to make my own way. But I want to take myself out of my own keeping. And I want to surrender it to you. And he says, and you shall be saved. You and your household as well. Oh, glory to God. Put your kids in his hands. Put your family in his hands. Put your life in his hands. And they declared the word of the Lord to him and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and bathed them because of their bloody wounds. And he was baptized immediately and all the members of his household. Then he took them to his house and set food before them. And he leaped much for joy. He rejoiced. He leaped much for joy and exulted with all his family that he believed God, accepting and joyously welcomed that he had made Christ his king. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. That's what we got to do. We have to rejoice greatly. Put on the garments of praise. This man went from a moment of about to take his life to a moment of running and dancing and praising God. So all it takes is just a moment. Let's turn to one Psalms 107 and verse 1.
Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. Just for a moment, think how good He is. Just let it soak in real deep. Sometimes we read scriptures and we'll read over them too fast. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. For His mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Whom He hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy, oh my hath gathered them out of the land from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city or no place to rest, to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul... You find yourself where you was in this scripture. Amen. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. But they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them out of their distresses. He led them forth by the right way that they might go to the city of habitation or the place of rest. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. For He satisfies the longing soul. How many can testify that this morning? He satisfies the longing soul. You was out in the desert, but He gave you a drink that satisfies. You tried to quench it with every kind of thing the devil had to offer, but it would not quench that thirst. And you thirst, and you thirst, and you drink, and you thirst. But I'm offering you a drink this morning that you'll never thirst again. It'll take away every worldly appetite. It'll take away everything that tries to come and steal your joy. This word will. He satisfies a longing soul. And he filleth the hungry soul with goodness. The Lord is good. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. The Lord is good. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. He satisfies. He, he, he fills my hunger. He takes away my, my sadness and my, my down and my, under my defeated state. And he lifts me up. And he places me upon a rock by his side. The Lord is good. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. The Lord is good. He heals. The Lord is good. He delivers. The Lord is good. He brings back the lost wayward loved ones. The Lord is good. Hallelujah. He restores the joy of your heart. The Lord is good. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. The Lord is good. Oh, lift up your heads this morning. Look to the hills which cometh your help. Your help cometh from the Lord. Oh, let's worship Him this morning. Let's give Him praise and glory and honor. He is good. He restores the glory. The Lord is good. He takes away a brain blade. The Lord is good. He brings back our young people. The Lord is good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Oh, glory to God in the highest. The Lord is good, and there's none like him. Oh, you depressed one, lift your hands up. They'll say, just say this, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. He's brought me. I've been in the desert. I've been down in the feet of Brother Timothy. I, I've been ready to give up. The Lord is good. I've been ready to quit. The Lord is good. There's none like him. I've been ready to take my own life. The Lord is good. nothing but a spirit of heaviness is trying to hang on to you and in the name of the Lord that thing's defeated this morning hallelujah you don't have to walk out of here bound what is that I hear I hear chains falling I hear prisoners being set free I hear the deliverance is in the house of the Lord why the Lord is good He's wonderful. He's mighty. He's a prince of peace. Anxiety is defeated this morning. Depression is defeated this morning. The devil is a torment that says you can't make it. He is your enemy is dead. The Lord is good and he's mighty and he's worthy of our praise. Hallelujah. The musicians can come this morning. Let's give praise to the King of Kings. Let's give glory to the King of Kings. Put on the garment of praise. Put on the garment of praise. Cast off that dreary spirit. Cast off that thing and say, God, I'm putting on that garment. Oh, let me put the garment on. I'm putting on that garment, Lord. I'm applying it to my life. Yes, Lord, you're worthy to be praised. You break every fetter. You conquer every sin. You heal every disease. You wipe away every sickness and sin and demon depression. I hate that devil. Trying to rob the children of God of joy and happiness and make the walk of Jesus Christ something that's dreaded and feared. No, no, we ain't got to fear it. It's a joyful thing to be called by His name. It's a wonderful thing to be called a son of God. A daughter of God. A called out, chosen, peculiar people. A holy nation. Oh, what a wonderful thing that I who once walked in darkness have been made a child of the light. Oh, blessed be the name. Sing, let's worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. 